History has clearly shown that Christ is required to overcome the natural tendency of powerful forces to destroy God-given rights, including the right to hear and speak His truth. Welcome to Biblical Citizen, Let's Roll, with Kathleen and Brian Melanakis. Kathleen is an author and retired registered nurse, and her husband Brian is a former company president. Kathleen and Brian are here to discuss current events from a biblical worldview and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Melanakis on K-Praise. Hey, thank you for listening today. You probably just realized that's not Brian's voice. You're right. Um, Brian and Kathleen are taking the day off. They asked me to pinch hit for them. So uh, I was very flattered to uh, have this opportunity. My name is Gary Cass. Uh, My family and I have been ministering in the San Diego area for decades. And I'm very excited to be with you today as uh, we're going to focus on what it means to be a biblical citizen and specifically from a biblical worldview And on the topic that is nearest and dearest to my heart, so I'm so thrilled to be able to share this time with you. Thank you for listening. I hope you're going to learn some things and uh, be challenged and encouraged uh, in your walk with Christ. Uh, It was this particular issue that arrested my conscience, and and certainly not my own, uh, millions of other believers in the late 1980s, and uh, I've been in this uh, struggle ever since. So I'm going to, since we're a biblical program. I'm going to start with the Bible today, and uh, this will sound very familiar to you. It says in Psalm 139, For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in in secret, intricately open woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. So yes, today we're going to be looking at the struggle for the right to life. And uh, we believe, uh, as Bible-believing Christians, that all people who bear the image of God, and especially those who are the most vulnerable, the most weak, are uh, deserving of the right to life, even preborn babies. As you know, uh, in January of 1973, abortion became legal in every state uh, as a result of the Roe versus Wade Supreme Court decision. And unfortunately, this month, we remember that dreadful anniversary of what I believe is to be uh, remembered as the most un constitutional deprivation of God-given rights uh, in our history. The Supreme Court has been wrong in the past, and they are dead wrong on this one. And so the pro-life movement has emerged and has been working very hard and have been engaged on a lot of different levels. Uh, We've seen uh, the, the advent of the pregnancy care centers offering alternatives for women with care and, and, and adoption. Uh, We've seen, uh, groups that are in the uh, business of educating and uh, informing people about abortion and about the terrible things that go on in the abortion industry. And, of course, we've been fighting on the legislative front 
uh, trying to get uh, laws changed that are just. And uh, I'm very delighted today to have as my guest my good friend and my sister in Christ, Cheryl Sullinger. Cheryl is the works for what I consider to be the premier pro-life organization in America, Operation Rescue, and that's led by my dear friend and brother, Troy Newman. Cheryl is the senior vice president of Operation Rescue and was a member of my church uh, here in San Diego when I was pastoring a few years ago uh, before she and Troy uh, both relocated out of San Diego to go to uh, Wichita, Kansas. And uh, I couldn't be more proud of Cheryl and the work that she's doing. She's devoted her life uh, to the pro-life movement. Uh, she's an encyclopedia of knowledge. She's a great researcher, great author, has written many books, co-written some books. And uh, I, uh, before we uh, leave today, I hope you will go over to OperationRescue.org and check out Operation Rescue and uh, see how you might get involved, get in their email uh, list, and support what I believe is one of the greatest uh, pro-life organizations in America. Uh, Cheryl, uh, thank you for being my guest today. Welcome. Well, I appreciate you having me. Well, uh, Cheryl and I go all the way back. I do have to say this. um, I have a bone to pick with Cheryl. She's got nine grandchildren to my mere eight grandchildren. I'm still trying to forgive her pray for me uh, that I have a good attitude. We love you, Cheryl, and we love your family and appreciate all that you've done. And by the way, uh, if you're listening, my uh, my name is Gary Cass. If uh, Brian and Kathleen have taken the day off and uh, my guest is Cheryl Sullinger. And what I want this uh, program to really be is kind of a state of the union of the pro-life movement. Where are we since 1973 with the advent of the legalization of abortion in America and uh, we're going to try we're not going to candy coat it we're just going to look at it um as honestly as we can there's some encouraging things and some some discouraging things frankly uh but in all of it we need to be praying and thinking you know lord where are you in all of this so Cheryl here we are you know since 1973 uh the legalization of abortion um, what is uh, the actual number of abortions that are, we've estimated have uh, resulted as a result of Roe versus Wade? Um, they estimate between um, 62 and 63 million babies have hmm. lost their lives um, through abortions. But that number is a little bit um, of a general number. There's no real exact number because over the years, and even to this day, there are some states, including the state of California, that are not required to report the number of abortions that are done in their state. So mm. where you, that's kind of a thumbnail number, but when you stop and think about 62, 63 million people, that's a staggering number of people, a staggering loss of life. And, well, and um, by the I, way, that's if you combine the population of our most populous state, California, and our second most populous state, Texas, it's about the same amount. So it'd be like blowing uh, California and Texas completely up and destroying all the life that's there. It's a staggering amount. Um, somebody said, and, and uh, I was looking at some of the statistics last night in preparation, that about 20% of pregnancies are ending in abortion. So one out of five women are having abortions in America. Is that kind of what you're, you're hearing out there as well? Yeah, that's, that's about right. But we should actually 
take a little bit of encouragement from that number because it used to be about one in three women would have abortions at some time in their life. So what we've seen over the years since um, I think the high water mark around the late 80s, early 90s, um, we've seen abortion decrease in this country every year. Mm-hmm. So um, the pro-life movement is doing something right. Churches are doing something right in um, teaching the sanctity of human life. We, Of course, there's always more we can do, but um, okay. we're seeing a dramatic drop in and, the number of abortions. And by the way, because um, I, I haven't looked at this, and I know you, you live in this world and you know this like the back of your hand, uh, what is, remember back when, you know, the late 80s when we were first getting going and all of this, Operation Rescue was kind of leading the way. And um, But there was a lot uh, as far as uh, public opinion has shifted since the, the late 80s as well. So where are we on that front as it relates to winning hearts and minds? Um, I think that we're really making headway. It's kind of hard to tell because the polls, you know, it's just hard to trust some of these polls because we know that um, it really matters in how the questions are asked and all of that kind of thing. So it's really difficult to get a real finger on it. But so what we're seeing is that there's a real groundswell of support um, for restricting abortion and even ending it, Um, especially during the Trump years. There was real that was kind of a heyday for us, actually. We were making all kinds of progress during that time. But mm-hmm. we'll see what the future holds. But, yeah, if we just keep doing what we're doing, especially social media, that's really opened up whole new horizons for us to communicate with our friends and family and, you know, other people about the sanctity of human life and, you know, our feelings about um, how we should protect human life and what the Bible says. So it's it's really been a good um time for the pro-life movement in that regard. Well, uh, and there's some encouragement thing, things that we can take encouragement from, but there's some things that are, you know, troubling. Uh, one of the things that I, I think gets lost in the shuffle is, and again, whenever there's injustice of any kind, um, the things that happen uh, tend to uh, affect what we would consider to be the weaker, if you will, uh, in the culture and uh, 85% of the abortions uh, that are happening are from unwed mothers and uh, women who are in vulnerable positions, um, frankly, where men have uh, abandoned or abused them. And uh, we also see uh, it's a, a disproportionate amount of uh, the minority communities who suffer. So uh when injustice happens, uh, obviously towards the baby, uh, it's obvious uh, that injustice doesn't exist alone. There's a lot of women who are really suffering as a result of the so-called sexual revolution. That's that's right. And what we see are particularly um, poor urban women of color are especially targeted for abortions, Planned Parenthood. Um, I know there's a lot of controversy about this, but um, a good friend of ours, Mark Crutcher from Life Dynamics, did a very in-depth study on this, and he has all the documentation um, on his website at Life Dynamics. Incorporated. So anyway, it's a, it's a great resource, but he has shown that there's more Planned Parenthoods in... Um, 
neighborhoods where there are poor urban women of color than in any other place. They've really targeted those people, and um, it's really shocking the uh, disproportionate targeting of women of color for abortion. Hey, we're going to take a break, and uh, when we come back, um, I want us to talk about practical things. What can we do uh, locally here, even in Southern California, to advance uh, our biblical view of the sanctity of life? My guest is Cheryl Sullinger. I'm Gary Cass, stepping in for Brian and Kathleen. We'll be back right after this break. There is more Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Still to come on K-Praise. Welcome back to Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Now, here are your hosts, Kathleen and Brian Milanakis on K-Praise. Welcome back. Um, no, I'm not Brian and certainly not Kathleen. Uh, they're taking a break today. My name is Gary Cass. I'm uh, substituting for them today and uh, appreciate it. Thank you, Brian and Kathleen, for the opportunity. And I have as my guest, my good friend and our sister in Christ, Cheryl Sullinger from Operation Rescue. And we're kind of talking about uh, kind of the State of the Union of the pro-life movement. We've kind of seen where things are at. Uh, but quickly, uh Let's look at some of the trends, uh, Cheryl, where um, where we're going, maybe some of the, the wins that uh, we've gotten in uh, recent times, and then I want us to get down to some very practical things that we can do uh, to advance the sanctity of life here in Southern California. So what where do you see things going as far as trends overall? Well, we um, are very aware of the numbers um, regarding how many surgical and how many abortion pill-only clinics there are in the country. We do a survey every year of every abortion clinic, and um, we have the best numbers there are. No one else does what we do in that regard. But what we see, have seen over the years in doing this survey every year is that the number of surgical abortions are declining while the number of clinics that only offer abortion drugs is on the increase. And this year we saw an interesting trend, um, 68 um, facilities, I'm, yeah, 68 facilities in our country actually began um, telemed programs, telemedicine programs, where they can distribute the drugs without ever having anyone see a licensed physician. And so that's a troubling trend that we would like to see reversed in the coming years. But um, overall, we're seeing the number of abortion facilities dropping, um, and as they drop, we see the number of abortions going down, too. So when there is a community that has an abortion facility that is marketing abortions to women, we see, um, we see that that really has an effect in women succumb to that kind of marketing. When we have communities where there are no abortion facilities, we see the number of abortions dramatically, dramatically decrease. And I, you know, and I would say it this way: I, I believe most women who get abortions are doing it under duress. They don't want to do this. They just feel trapped, and they don't have options. And again, that comes back to uh, other issues relative to men being responsible. Uh, but that's a will that be another program at some point? But the the good news is, uh, there's a significant de- decrease. I think um, you said there was a 255 surgical abortion f- facilities that closed um, 
I, is that since 2009? So we're, we're way down uh, in that respect. So in some respect, and I think for the first time, we have a, an entire state that's abortion-free. Isn't that correct? Yes. Yes, we do. Um, we were able to confirm that the last abortion facility in St. Louis, Missouri, um, has actually halted um, surgical abortions. They actually stopped doing medication abortions about two years ago. And they've opened a facility across the river in Illinois where they do all of their surgical abortions now. And um, this past year, there were only 39 abortions done in the state for the entire year. And in December, they had finally gotten down to zero. So um, that's where Troy is today. In fact, Troy Newman, he's the president of Operation Rescue. He's in uh, Missouri right now um, to celebrate America's first abortion-free state. But I do want to note that the reason that this happened was because Missouri has very, very good pro-life legislation that the abortion facility did not want to comply with. So they moved across over into Illinois, where they have essentially no regulation. In fact, they just passed a law this year that took away any regulations that were on abortion facilities and really liberalized that state as far as abortion goes. So they can go over there and they can do abortions. Nobody is going to check on them. Nobody's going to hold them accountable. And that's why they went over there. That makes a very, very dangerous situation for women because in Missouri, they're being held accountable when they hurt women during abortions. And in um, Illinois, that will never happen. So that's it's kind of a good news, bad news situation. But actually, it's extremely good news for our side because we've tried for years and years and years to close the last abortion clinic in one of the states where Mm -hmm. there was only one. And it's been very, very difficult to do. And finally, in Missouri, we've seen God answer our prayer. We'll take those wins any way we can. And then there's even another since uh, the beginning of this year, there's already another clinic that, that was closed that was open for 50 years. 50 years, that's right. They started doing abortions in 1971 before the Roe versus Wade um, decision that legalized abortion in every state. And they have been operated by the same people for the entire 50 years, same owner and everything. Which where, is and very, where was that unusual. located? That was in um, Portland, Oregon. It was the Lovejoy Surgery Center. Mm. And they have shut down for good. Um, there's rumors that another facility will, um, another facility is trying to open, but you know, it's not as easy to open an abortion facility as people might think. And there's usually a lot of opposition. I know Oregon is a liberal state. I don't know how that will go. We're just keeping an eye on that situation. But right now we're really celebrating 50 years of child killing is finally done at that location will never happen again. Well, Let's wrap up here because our time is getting away from us. We live in Southern California. Uh, We don't really have a lot of influence in Sacramento to work on the state level where some other Christians in other states, I would commend them uh, to that effort. But And you used to live here in San Diego, so you know the whole lay of the land here in Southern California. Um, What can we do here locally to make a difference for our cause for defending babies and and protecting moms? Well, actually, there's several things that people can do. Um, Even though we don't have the legislative option, 
in California, like they do in some states, you can still go to the abortion clinics. You can pray, find one in your area. It's pretty easy to do. And you can go out there, pray, and offer help to women. Refer them to a local pregnancy help center. And um, it's amazing the amount of women that can be helped just by someone standing in front of the abortion clinic prayerfully being friendly, offering help, and offering the love of Jesus. Um, there's actually, in, plan, in California, it's kind of a tough nut to crack. There's more abortion facilities there than any other state. There's 149 abortion facilities in California. Most of them are Planned Parenthoods, and that's not the low-hanging fruit, if you know what I mean, if you're looking to um, close your local abortion clinic. It's not impossible, but it's just a little tougher with Planned Parenthood because they have so much political support behind them. But what? But there are some independents, and the independent abortion clinics are going out of business kind of um, at a record pace right now. And really, they're, the abortion industry in general is being taken over by the Planned Parenthoods. But if someone is looking for an opportunity to maybe really make an impact, there's two facilities in Southern California that I'd recommend. The first one is the Pro-Choice Women's Medical Center in Beverly Hills. That is an abortion facility that does um, abortions through all nine months of pregnancy, mm. and they do it through the loophole of um, a threat to a woman's health or uh, the baby having some sort of abnormality. And that is how she is able to do. There's a woman, her name is Josepha Solette, and she operates that clinic. We call it the abortion, uh, abortionist to the stars because it's open to a lot of Hollywood women. They can have private abortions. There's no pro-life presence in front of that abortion clinic. We've recorded dozens of ambulances that have come to that clinic through our open records request. And we need people in front of that clinic in Beverly Hills very, very desperately because, you know, we could save a lot of babies' lives, but we could also save a lot of women the trauma of a botched abortion. Because and then where is that? The and where's the other one located? The other one is in Chula Vista, and it's the office of Dr. Chack. He used to have um, a partner, that partner had a lot of troubles with the law, and he finally um, had to drop out of that business. And so it's a Dr. Jack. He's in Chula Vista, and they do surgical abortions. They also offer the abortion pill there. And um, I, I am currently unaware if there is a presence there, but if there's not, there really needs to be, because I think it would just take only – you know, I think if you saved a few babies there, it might cut enough into his profit margin that he wouldn't be able to stay in business. There would be one less well, that's, abortionist preying on women. In well, that's certainly within disease. our uh, jurisdiction. I don't know why we can't do that, do that. Well, Cheryl, our time is up. Thank you so much for being our guest today. And um, probably the most important thing I think you can do um, as we push into this new year uh, for the Lord and for the pro-life movement is share the gospel. See, we need people's hearts to be changed, and uh, only the gospel of Jesus Christ can take our hearts and transform them. And uh, I just encourage you, we need, we need to be encouraging people uh, to share the gospel, and we need to pray for repentance to come to the land and that the church will step up and be 
the the salt and the light and the witness that God has called us to be. So um, we're kind of, as we wind up here again, uh, thank you to Brian and Kathleen for uh, allowing me to guest host today. My name is Gary Cass. Our guest has been Cheryl Sullinger. If you want to know more about Operation Rescue, just go to their website, operationrescue.org. Tomorrow, Sunday, if you happen to be available, join me at Infusion Church up in Escondido, 777 Felicita. We're going to have an awesome pro-life ministry there that works with uh, college campuses. We'll have a lot of pro-life materials. And again, uh, I've been around quite a bit. If I haven't seen you for a while, I'd love to see you. We have our online uh, church as well. If you want to go to the website, it's Infusion Church in Escondido. Just look it up online. And uh, I'd love to see you in person at 1030 if you can make it. If not, check us out online. And again, thank you for listening today. I hope you were encouraged. I hope you've got some information that will help you. And let's uh, pray that we will be the generation to see abortion end in America. God bless you. And thank you for listening. And have a wonderful day in Christ. Thanks for joining us for Biblical Citizen. Let's roll. Join us next week at this same time as Kathleen Melanakis, author and retired registered nurse, and her husband, Brian Melanakis, former company president, explore the deeper issues and spiritual forces behind the news and how we as believers can be salt and light in our culture and in the political arena. Biblical Citizen Let's Roll seeks to educate and activate Christians at the grassroots level, helping them to live out their responsibility to influence civic affairs for good. Next week, we will cover more major news happening from the view of the biblical citizen. To learn more about the show, how to become a guest or sponsor, send an email to biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. That's biblicalcitizen at gmail.com. This has been Biblical Citizen Let's Roll on K-Praise. Come and rise up